This drink, I like it. I know, it's great, right? Another! What is going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Film on Tap, where we've got the tap that never runs out. Today, we've got a bunch of new stuff to talk about. And as always, I am joined by my co-hosts, Nancy and Andres. Hope you guys had an awesome Thanksgiving. And now we've got a boatload of stuff to talk about, especially in the casting department. So we are going to jump right on in. So it was announced this past week. There's a lot of stuff going on casting-wise this past week. There were some exciting announcements, some heartbreaking announcements for fans of a certain franchise. So... (laughs) We had our we had a couple bits of casting news for the new Superman movie where it was announced that um, Nicholas Holt is going to be our new Lex Luthor and Skylar Gasando is going to be our new Jimmy Olsen. So very exciting stuff there. And then if we pivot to some more unfortunate news, uh, it was announced that Melissa Brera, who is one of the leads of the uh, latest Scream films, has been dropped because of her comments of the current situation in Palestine uh, and then shortly after it was announced that uh, Jenny Ortega who has become this Jenna Ortega sorry has become a huge star and apparently has scheduling conflicts now uh, and will not be involved in the next Scream film either so let's talk about these casting news the pros the cons the highs the lows what do we think about this we'll start with Nancy what, what are we feeling yeah I'll start with Scream as you guys know with uh, Melissa Barrera uh, I was like that's fine yeah you never had a high opinion of her no like in the first one she wasn't great like i don't know what it was her acting just was not there and in the second one i feel like still jenna ortega was the heart of that movie and was uh way better than melissa burr so she did better but not as good as jenna ortega so when i first heard about melissa i was like yeah it's fine i'm sure they can finagle like I don't know if she went on vacation and got murdered or, you know, the good old like on TV sitcoms where they're like, hi, I'm on vacation over here in Hawaii. And then she's gone. Um, But then once I heard Jenna Ortega wasn't going to be a part of the movie, I was like, oh, fuck. I don't even know how they're going to go about this now Mm -hmm. Uh, because I I love Jenna Ortega in those movies. And Mm -hmm. like, let's be real, scheduling issues that just yeah, that's happened to bullshit. come up. Yeah, like that just <laughs> that's happened just some to come grade up. Grade A, high grade bullshit. Uh, like we <laughs> well, all know. And I hate when that happens because it's like just fucking say the real reason because we all know the real reason and it's not fucking scheduling conflict. Uh, but I feel like I don't even know where this franchise goes now. I, you know, I feel like they're gonna have to divvy up the money to get Nev Neve Nev. Nev Campbell back. <laughs> yeah, we might have had trouble with her name as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like they're going to divvy up the money to get Nev Campbell back. And I don't think she's coming back. I, I, I just don't know where they're <laughs> nah. Or nah. they can completely pivot and focus on the twins and make the twins like the main focus. I, like, I don't even know where they're going to go from here. Yeah. Okay. Andres, this is so, your platform okay, now. Yeah, okay. yeah, I feel like you give your pretty notable. Obviously, want to say something? Say it. No, no, no. I, I, I would agree with you on that until, until very recently for the press releases when they were just like, oh, um, but uh, Jenna Ortega and the the two actors who are playing the twins, Chad and uh, um, Marie, I believe is the other one's name. Like, like they had on the press release that they were due to return as well, and then when they updated everything after Jenna Ortega left their names were no longer mentioned at all. So 
they might just start from scratch entirely. And that's one of those unfortunate things where it's like, I would love to see those two come back and to have their roles expanded and, you know, tell a better story with them. But it kind of feels backwards now if, if they, if they go back to Nev Campbell, but, but yeah, but the, the whole thing with the Jenna Ortega thing, you know what? Normally I would be like, yeah, that's bull crap. That's scheduling conflicts. But keep in mind, Wednesday was supposed to shoot first before Scream. And this is one of the problems with the writer strike and with the actor strike as well is because, because since everything is kickstarting back up again, you know, the problem is, is that with some of these things, um, these things are scheduled to shoot no matter what. And people are contracted to do certain things. And the problem is, is that when people are like, oh, well, you know what? When everything starts up, just start up exactly when you were supposed to. It's like, no, Scream was scheduled to start up in February always. But the problem is now that the strikes are all over, you know, everything has to be shifted downwards. And I wouldn't be surprised if Jenna Ortega was out before all this stuff had happened. No. (laughs) I I just feel like the timing of the announcement is very fishy. Like, if this was the case for a while, they should have announced it a while ago. Yeah, no, there's there's no way. Especially because you can, like, I'm sorry, if Michael J. Fox can film uh, Family Ties and Back to the Future and make it work and, you know, practically, like kill himself doing both like you can figure out a way especially when you're as big as Jenna Ortega like I feel like you could find a way well the thing is that Michael J Fox shot both of those in the same town but with the rumor that Scream 7 was supposedly supposed to be a Christmas movie set in New York um Wednesday shoots in Montreal and New York is you know, I mean, granted, who knows if they were actually going to shoot there, but n- normally I, I would, I would, again, like I said, I would call bullshit on this. And, but the thing is that to have it announced the next day, yeah. you know, normally these things linger on for a little bit and stuff like this doesn't come out unless they're in, unless they're in a tight spot. And, you know, let's say if, let's say if the plan was for Jenner Ortega to not come back, for this scream, they would have probably been like, well, you know what? We could still probably make that work with, um, with Sam. And I, I absolutely agree with that. But the thing is when you lose both of those actresses, you got nothing, you got nothing going forward. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. But what do you know. mean with the, the twins that they didn't mention their name? Cause I feel like this just happened. So I don't mm-hmm. like, why would they, well, I- they, they had put out the cast list on Variety or something like that, and then they had updated the the page where you know uh, Melissa Barrera and Jenna Ortega had left. They had updated everything where it's like the cast includes uh, these people and stuff like that. But then the thing is that they deleted both of those names, so gotcha. it, it kind of seems like maybe maybe Paramount or somebody else said, "Well, we don't now that now that those two are gone, we might not have." the twins come back and we might just tell a different story entirely. But yeah. I, I had a discussion with, with, with some of my friends after, after this news had come out and it's like, honestly, at this point, just stop, just stop. Let the franchise sit for like seven or eight years and then bring it back when we start to miss it. Because now it seems like it's, it, this seems like a creative hole that we're honestly, the only thing I can expect Coming out of Scream 7 by this point now is The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like 
it's like you lose both of them and it's just like, well, you lost your two leads and then let's just say the other two aren't coming back either. Then, yeah, you have to tell a brand new story. And considering like the story of the past two films, it would just feel so strange to just all of a sudden pivot to like a brand new cast, brand new story. It just it would be kind of this huge halt in narrative momentum. And like we've gotten invested in this new crew. And then now we have this brand new cast because of these reasons. It's just I don't know. It's just I'm not interested in seeing another screen movie just because they want to make more money and capitalize on the momentum they have without the cast that we've come to like. I don't know. I just I feel like it's going to be diminishing returns for sure. I mean, it already felt like it was slightly diminishing returns when you find out that Radio Silence wasn't even going to come back for this movie. And you're just like, well, hopefully with another director, they can even match the quality of what's been happening. But now it's not even confirmed that they're not even going to use the script that they're going into production with. So it's, and, and I believe that script was written by the same writers who wrote the last scream and they can't work on this new draft at all. So why can't it, they work on the new draft? I think it's because they're working on something else right now. That's not um, it's they're working on an untitled uh, universal film, not the Melissa Barrera movie, but something else entirely. I see. Yeah. Mm, even more encouraging news. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but like, but like it's been so buried with all this that like, you know, we're talking about the scream stuff, but man, the Superman casting, they're crushing the casting. They're crushing. The yeah. Casting. I, 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 I like, honestly, I saw it on Twitter. Somebody said, Oh man, this, this casting is so mid or something like that. I, I I'm not like, going to say the like name. Oh, nothing maybe. but bullseye so far. Oh. Yeah. It's 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 a it's a mutual person that we know. That's all I'll say, Nancy. And I just literally looked at. It, I'm like, are you crazy? Like everything about this sounds great. I mean, like first off, Nicholas Holt as Lex Luthor. That is a great choice for me. And it's like, nice to honest- see him finally land a superhero movie role other than Beast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but the other thing too is that like you know um, people are like, oh well, they, you know he went in for Superman, so they didn't give it to him, so of course they had to give him this. It's like I don't think so. I think I could never picture him as Superman. Yeah, he has more never. of like a villainous face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. and 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 the other thing too is that like when people were talking about all the screen tests that were happening, I mean like. The thing is that people kept mentioning that um, uh, what's his um, David Cornsweet and uh, the the woman who's playing Lois, Miss Maisel. I'm sorry, all I call her is Miss Maisel because she's so iconic as that, and she's so. Fantastic. I thought you called her Miss Mace. I was like, excuse me. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but every time that they ca- every time that they held the auditions, they always held them in pairs. Who's to say that that there that there wasn't maybe an audition where they had all three of them. In different pairs, where it's like, oh, let's have Nicholas Holt with Corn Sweat, or let's have um, let's have a uh, Holt with a uh, Maisel, and like let's see how they all bounce off of one another in certain scenes by themselves. I could totally see that happening because, again, nobody knows exactly how that casting thing went down. I mean, I- I- I'm pretty sure that when Nicholas Holt was brought in for those auditions, it was solely for Lex Luthor. It could only have been for Lex Luthor. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they could try it out, you know. Yeah, but yeah. definitely can only see him as Lex Luthor. Yeah, no, I can absolutely see him as Lex Luthor, and Skylar Gasando is Jimmy Olsen. Mwah, pitch perfect yes. fucking casting. I love him so yes. much. I think he's such an underrated actor. So I'm glad to see him get a role like this. I hope that they use him and that he's not just like barely in the movie because he's so oh. freaking funny. I love him. Wait, who is oh, it? No. Skylar who? Skylar Gasando. Gasando. Okay, I don't know yeah. who. I don't know a lot of these characters. Mm. I Book also smart. don't know who Jimmy 
What's it? Oh, okay, yeah, I know. But I also well, he's not a character; he's a human being. So, (laughs) (laughs) not Skylar, the character. Oh, Jimmy Olsen. Okay, good pivot. Good pivot. Good save. (laughs) Yeah, I don't really know who that is. My bad. Yeah, but I'm excited for that cast. I think that's going to be great. And I know I, I just think it's hilarious when like people uh, they're seeing like the pictures of David Corn Sweat like working out or whatever, and like there's so many comments where like gotta get bigger, bro. <laughs> I'm like, dude, give him a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's like give him a minute, and then it's like, also how about you try that? to fucking get as big as like Henry Cavill or as Superman? Oh, Fuck I you. <laughs> yeah, and and the other thing too is that Cavill he had a year and a half to get that big. So corn sweat, I mean, for what he's doing right now, he only has like seven months to bulk up. I mean, he's still doing, doing job. A, he's they still doing pretty good. They can airbrush muscles on you. It's fine. <laughs> they could do the 300 thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. If they can airbrush boobs on Kieran Knightley, they can airbrush abs. <laughs> there you go. There, there, there you go. have it, folks. Problem um, solved. Yeah, but definitely uh, highs and lows in this week in terms of casting. So glad we got to brush over that. Um, but speaking of trailers, there's a couple big ones that hit. I want to talk about the more fun, fun one to talk about. And that's the trailer from Madame Webb because I am like, I have whiplash from this fucking trailer because I don't know what this movie is. Yeah. <laughs> like, like legitimately, like, yeah, okay. I'm so, I'm not the only one. Yeah. So for those of you out there who don't know what this movie is, it's, you know, another movie that takes place in Sony's like Venomverse, uh, the, the universe that takes place without Spider-Man. Um, and this time around we have Dakota Johnson, Sydney Sweeney, um, and it's like, I honestly can't even describe the plot of this movie because I have no idea what's going on from this trailer. It's just it looks, very strange. So boring. It looks like she's just going to have images of things that are about to happen and she like kind of fights them off and then nothing's going to happen. Like she can kind of see the future. She can redo yeah. things. It's like, I feel like they did an awful job in this trailer telling you like what the plot of the movie is because I legitimately was so confused as I was watching. I was like, I have no idea what this movie is. I don't know if it wants to be like a fun Groundhog Day-esque kind of film, if it wants to be a comic book film, if it wants to be like, I, I don't even know, like a psychological thriller. I don't I don't know why is Adam Scott in this? I mean, I have so, I have so many questions, I, and I feel like the, my favorite part of this trailer is just Dakota Johnson just like not giving a fuck. Where she literally, if you hear her like opening voiceover, it literally sounds like someone who is just emotionally detached from her story. <laughs> that's okay, but that's the issue with this casting is Dakota Johnson. Like that's her acting. I've that's never, her. I've never liked her acting except in. I've um, seen her be better before. That's for sure. Uh, oh, she was barren the social network in that five second yeah. sequence she has. What was that? Uh, what was that Jane Austen movie she was in? She was actually really good in that. Uh, Jane Austen movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I forget I what it's what called. About. Oh, what was it called? Damn it! It's gonna bother We're me. Blanking. When, when Google it. Like Google it. She was pretty good in that. But she was very uh, good in that. Oh, what was that? Something. She was also great in a bigger splash. Thing. She was really good in that. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> I don't like her acting. I just don't. She, she, I feel like that is her acting. She just is so like detached from what she's doing. And I, oh my God, this movie just looks so boring. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I also feel like they're not going to, you know, they show flashes of the other leads turning into different versions of like spider women i guess i feel like that's Mm -hmm. not even gonna happen in this movie or it's gonna happen at the very end and they're kind of like i don't know what's gonna happen in this fucking movie i just (laughs) and then the villain looks fucking weird as shit and i'm just like all right yeah okay 
I don't know. It just it looks like a fucking Sony Venomverse movie. Let's put it that way. It just like it looks like an early two thousands middle of the road to mediocre to terrible comic book film. And I just feel yeah. like if you're trying to win people over, it's like show us what the story is. Like don't confuse us because I feel like this trailer was just all over the place. Yeah. yeah, and and the other thing too is it's just such a bizarre choice to pick Madam Web as a character because if you if, if any comic book fan knows. Madam Web is not necessarily the most interesting character at all. And in fact, she is less than a side character. She's like pretty much just like kind of like in the background for ma- majority of the stories. And not also her power set is also not particularly interesting either. She can see into the future, but you don't really, th- there's no real way to make that cinematic. And the trailer definitely did not sell me on that. Like, like, does she Ugh. have, like, in the comics, does she have, like, super strength, or is she, like, does she have no. anything? She just, no, okay. she, she just has visions. That's it. <laughs> no, she can just tell you if you're about to get food poisoning. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> just like, She's like, I can tell you're about to die, but I can't do anything about can't it. Can't do anything about it, but best of luck to you. <laughs> but, you know, but you'll have to solve it yourself type of thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, she's more She's more or less just Nostradamus if Nostradamus didn't have the balls to get his, get his hands dirty more than anything else. But, yeah, the other thing, too, is that, like, again, we talked about it. We have no idea what this movie is about. I've only heard w- rumors and whispers about what the the plot of the movie is. And from what I've heard is that this is Madam Webb trying to prevent the death of of uh, Richard Parker and uh, May Parker, who are uh, Peter Parker's parents. And that is like... I love like, how Nancy I and I did the same exact fucking yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> And apparently the rumor is that Adam Scott is actually Richard Parker. Oh, of and course like, he fucking is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you kidding me? Yeah. Oh and, 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 and the thing is like, you don't get any of that in this trailer. They're trying to sell us okay. on the spider women and they're trying to sell us on all these. Different well, I mean, I get it. But the other thing too, is that all those characters are far more interesting than Madam web and oh, Madam sure. web is the lead. Yeah. So, you know what yeah. I think is hilarious is that the fact that they're trying to <laughs> they're trying to make Sydney Sweeney look like nerdy. I'm like, come on! No, <laughs> I was like, guys, th- this is not a she's all that situation where she no, just like yeah. takes off her glasses and oh my god, she's beautiful. <laughs> she's, <laughs> it's like she literally looks like she's in like terrible cosplay that she takes off at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, but but overall about the trailer, it looks about as generic as you possibly can get. I mean, yep. like. God, it only took Madam Web trailer coming out before people just started going, you know what? That Aquaman trailer doesn't look bad by comparison. Now, now here's <laughs> the question, though. What do we think is going to be the post credit scene that they absolutely don't follow through on this time Something around? with Venom, I feel like. Yeah, maybe, maybe introducing Venom or also at this point, they, they could also just go, hey, what if we just shoehorn Andrew Garfield into this universe? No. Oh, don't drag him into <laughs> this. He deserves better. Why he deserves would you better. That out into the universe. Never. Should we bring back Toby? <laughs> really? <laughs> just twist the knife. <laughs> yeah. But, but the other, but the other thing too is keep in mind is that we got craving coming down the pike, and Ugh, I forgot about that one. Yikes. We all we all forgot about it, so it's God, fine. So, so they, they they could they could just do a post credit where they introduce Craven in the next one, but sure. God, but but the thing is that, and also in reading, in reading the uh, 
there, there's a really great book by Joanna Robinson and her writing partner called the MCU, the reign of the, the reign of Marvel studios. And they pretty much go step-by-step in terms of just how Kevin Feige put together all these great, all these great materials in order to get the MCU that we get and all the stuff that he had to fight in the studio system back in the nineties. And this just reeks of, just that old studio system coming in, just being like, well, we got all these characters that supposedly uh, don't work for us, but we can just shoehorn them and make them into a movie and they'll make money. But the thing is that there's a big difference between Madam Web and like an unknown character like Iron Man or Thor. That's where they're, I think that's where Sony's kind of going. We don't know these characters and the general audience doesn't know them. We'll make them popular just like Thor and Iron Man. It's like, yeah, no, they, they were already pre-established in the universe beforehand. So God, this just looks bad. This just looks so bad. Yeah, yeah. Time to move on to a trailer that totally looks better. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the trailer for Blumhouse's Imaginary. That's right. They're now taking our imaginary friends and turning them sinister. So that's pretty much all we need to know about the movie. A little girl yeah. has an imaginary friend who turns out to be this like demonic entity that fucks with her and other people and kills them and all that stuff. Let's talk about it, guys. Who wants to go first? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. don't, I'm excited for this movie. I don't care. It looks cheesy. It looks great. And also, my older brother had a Teddy Ruxpin when he was uh, uh, younger, and that thing scared the <laughs> shit out of me. So that definitely gives me Teddy Ruxpin, <laughs> Ruxpin vibes. So I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see it. I, I think oh, I'll probably see it. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It looks fun. But also, when is this coming out, though? I think it's like early next year. January. Yeah, it's so weird Nailed to me it. when they. Yeah, <laughs> so weird to me when horror movies come out in like January. Didn't did like, Megan oh, oh. come out the same time last year, and that did really well. It, it, it did well, but that mm-hmm. was that was that was a very that was a very very rare case, I think, where they they knew what kind of movie they had, and they're like, we know that January is a notorious dump month, so they just put out something, and it was actually good, and people kept coming back to see it. Mm-hmm. But with this. I don't think that I, like honestly for me this this movie just looks uh, it looks so shitty but also on top of that like you know again I had the feeling of like oh you know what maybe it's going to be fun and maybe maybe you'll just have a good time with it and they'll know how shitty it is or they'll 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 have fun with the tone and then the name Jeff Wadlow appears yeah that's I'm where like, I was like I'm on <laughs> yeah, I'm on yeah, because every single one of his trailers looks interesting or like they are like, oh, it could go either way. They've gone. They have not gone the like when it's like, oh, either way, it could have been good. It's like, no, they've gone to like being like terrible, like pieces of garbage. This is the guy who killed the kick ass franchise with one movie. And uh, I, 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 I I just don't look forward to anything he has planned in the pike. So, yeah, this I'm not excited <laughs> at all. <laughs> you had me fooled. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, it's just, it looks like it might be like so bad it's good or maybe just like a cheesy fun time. I don't know. It's just like, I feel like Blumhouse is, they're starting to kind of like, you can kind of see what they're doing now. They're just kind of just taking very similar. They don't care like, anymore. Yeah, they're just kind of doing the same shit. Um, and it's just kind of like, all right, well, we'll see how this one turns out in January. And I'm sure people will see it because there's nothing coming out that time of year usually. Um, so we'll see, I guess. Who knows? We might even end up reviewing it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a game of numbers by this point, I think. It's just let's make as many as we can. Hopefully one of them will stick. <laughs> yep, exactly. But uh, speaking of... <laughs> 
that was not a segue. That's we're not just gonna, a good we're segue. Just, you know, I, I thought I had a segue and then it just kind of vanished into thin air. It's fine. Um, so, so we're going to wrap up today's show with talking about the big movie that came out the, this past week or so. Uh, yeah. And that is the uh, prequel to The Hunger Games, The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. This is a prequel to the original trilogy, takes place decades before the events of the original films. And it tells the origin story of Coralina Snow, who's played by Donald Sutherland in those original movies, showing how he slowly turned evil and got involved in some of the earlier or one of the earliest Hunger Games um, yeah, and now we have our film. Nancy's been so amped to talk about this one. Um, very, this very amped. This is my amped. end game, guys. <laughs> yeah, this, this is, is her end game. game. She's been amping this shit up for months. She's like, if we don't talk about Hunger Games, I'm going to scream. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but as always, uh, if you have not seen the film, definitely don't continue listening to this or watching this. Uh, there will be some heavy spoilers, so you have been warned. But yeah, let's just talk about our general thoughts first. Dive into spoilers naturally. Um, we'll start, we'll, we'll, we'll let Nancy wait a little bit. I'm sure she has her thoughts, but we'll start with, <laughs> we'll start, we'll start with Andres on this one. You know, what did you think of the original films? Did you read the books? Were you excited for this one? Let us know. Yeah. So I did like the original films to a certain extent. The first one was kind of the, the, the shakiest one for me in terms of the execution, because it did feel like they were trying to, they were trying to cover up certain things they earn that PG-13 rating. And also, I don't think the director really necessarily knew exactly what kind of tone he wanted. But then the sequel, Catching Fire, I thought was freaking mm-hmm. fantastic. That one, that one, I think, is where they really got their stride in. And then I think, as we can all agree, the, the third movie being split into two was such a bizarre choice. And it was so clearly just so clearly just spelled out as like, oh, they, they want to capture the Breaking Dawn sensation more than anything else. But overall, I really enjoyed the franchise um, from one all the way up to three. And with the books, I this is probably one of the rare cases where I think the books are actually far superior than the movies to a certain extent. I love the first book. Second book, I you thought- You think this is a rare case where the books are better than the yeah, movie? Yeah, I feel like, I feel like that's usually the common case. Yeah, everyone agrees. That's a, <laughs> I was okay, like, wait, what? I'm not the only one. Yeah, I, think yeah, I was like, wait a minute. thinks the books are better. Yeah, usually yeah. everyone's like, oh, the book was so much better. Add more in a book. There's a more nuance in books that you can add, and yeah, yeah. Anyways, mm-hmm. yeah, and 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 but the but the other thing too is that they're they're the the books feel far more grittier than what the movies actually ended up becoming in the in the long run. But um, but yeah. So when I heard that there was this fourth book that essentially was like, oh, it's the origin story of President Snow. It's like I don't want to know anything about the most horrible person in this entire franchise. I don't want to empathize at all with him after everything he had done in the first two in the first three books and in the last four movies so i was like okay very cautiously optimistic and then saw the first trailer was like okay maybe i wasn't entirely impressed it kind of looked like we had been there done that second trailer came out and i thought that was a little better as well but it was it was sort of getting to that what's what's the what's the hook for this friend what's the hook for this movie and it was solely relying on President Snow. And now that we can talk about what we thought of the movie, actually, I thought the movie was actually very enjoyable. And I thought the actor, I forget what his name is. I was Tom looking Blythe. it up. Tom yeah, Blythe. Tom Boy. I, I, I think the one. Doing ex- Tom's proud. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Tom Boy, like, that was the big X factor for me in this movie. It was that we had no idea that if he would be able to carry a movie like this. I thought he did it well, and I thought to the point where 
we would buy the transition from where he is back then to Kiefer. I mean, not Kiefer. Kiefer Donald, <laughs> Donald probably. <laughs> it's, That's it's like it's like yeah, it's it's yeah. like it's like he every time Jack you say Bauer. yeah, it's like every time you say Sutherland, you say Kiefer. It's like when you mention Terminator, you just want to say Terminator too, right? <laughs> totally. But, <laughs> yeah, but 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 I thought the big X factor was going to be that performance, and I thought he carried it all the way through. I thought Rachel Ziegler was also really enjoyable as well, even though we don't get her nearly as much as I thought we were going to get her. And from what you mentioned, Nancy, that this is the way it was in the book as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's very faithful. I thought I thought it was very enjoyable, but I will say it is not a perfect movie. When we get more into the spoilers, we'll discuss more on that. But overall, I thought this was a very enjoyable installment in the Hunger Games franchise. Possibly, if I was to rank them all, I would say it would go Catching Fire. And then, honestly, it might be this one. It, it might be this one as number two. And then three would be um, would it be uh, the first Hunger Games. And then the last two would be Mockingjay Part 1 and Part 2. But, you know, bait and switch them as much as you want. I don't care. They're both at the bottom for me because it's not a very well-told story when you elongate that last book in the two movies. It felt very meandering. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Nancy, your time has come. Take a deep breath. <laughs> Go for breathe it. in. Breathe out. Yes. Let us so I had I actually had a weird journey with these movies. So I read the first book, waited to see the first movie uh, I didn't see it in theaters, saw it at home, read the second book first before I saw the second one in theaters. And then I ended up seeing the third one in theaters without reading the book. So I actually read the oh. book after the third one uh, because the third book's fucking long. So every time I kept, I was like, I'm not going to finish this before the movie comes out. Um, so I ended up watching the last two first and then reading the book. Um, and then with this one, I actually listened to the audiobook while I was sick because um, I was like, I really do want to read it before the movie comes out. But I was like, I'm not going to have time to actually sit and read it. So while I was sick, I just had it on in the background. Um, so, yeah, I actually really like this. I think if you're a fan of the books, you're really going to enjoy this movie. I think Tom Blythe was fantastic. One of my concerns was that in the book, there is a lot of nuance in terms of him going back and forth between like just being a good person and like not being a good person. He is very much built for the capital life and he looks down upon all the district people. But there's moments in the book where he's, um, which we'll get into later more specifically, but there are moments in the book where he starts feeling like guilty. And then all of a sudden in the narrative, he starts saying like, well, wait a minute. He kind of deserved it, though. So (laughs) and you see this like switch constantly in the book of him going between like feeling guilty about certain things to like, no, that's what had to happen. So I think Tom Blythe did a very good job of that. I think Rachel Ziegler was fantastic. Uh, her accent was a little twangy. Yeah, I was about to say that accent was a little shaky. A little it was yo-yoing so often. Um, again, I will say that she does have a twang in the book. Um, it just went, she went a little hard with it. She came in. She really turned into the skit on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I did, I did love her in this movie and I, I love, but they kept a lot of the elements of the sinister side of what they were doing. 
Um, granted, obviously, it's a it's not a rated R movie, so you're not going to see someone get like their head chopped off. Uh, so, it, it, which is fine. Um, you know, they I, I think they do find a balance between keeping this for the people who love the books and for you know younger audiences who do want to go see this. I will say. Uh, one of the faults of the movie is, um, and what they do a really good job of, is that they do stick really close to the source of the books. And that's what I really love about the other movies is that they do stick pretty closely to what happens in the books. Um, but because of that, this book, I feel like is almost too long for one movie, but not long enough for two movies. And when I went and watched it with Craig and Khan, they kept saying like, oh, they should have ended it after the games. I was like, but no, you missed so much after that. And I think if you split it into two movies at that point, the second movie isn't going to be as exciting. It's going to be boring at that point. Um, I will say in the book too, the ending is a little bit rushed when I read it. Uh, I was like, oh, okay. Like things happen very quickly at the very end of the book. Um, so again, it's one of those things of like, they did a really good job sticking to the source, but I think maybe they could have, uh, veered away from it a little bit or just made it a little bit more exciting. So it didn't feel so rushed, but mm -hmm. I really, really enjoyed this movie. I liked it. Um, we could talk about rankings later, but yeah, definitely. I think the first one's my least favorite, honestly, ironically. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I think I was in a very similar plane with Andres in that the trailers didn't really wow me at all. I was like, okay, why are we focusing on snow? Like, this just seems so strange. Um, so I went into the movie with pretty low expectations. Didn't really know what to expect. I, you know, I enjoyed the original movies. Didn't read the books or anything like that. Um, but I really enjoyed this movie, like, until its last act. And that's where it just kind of completely lost me and why I can't. Like, it went from being, like, <laughs> easily right behind catching fire where i was like this is fantastic i really like this to probably in the lower tier just because i feel like they completely botched the last act of this movie which could have been so good if they actually took their time with it the irony is that this movie is almost three hours long and yet it felt like that last like half of it was like someone fast forwarding and it was just like what is like i don't it just it, everything happens so fast and i was like what and then all of a sudden it's it just I mean, we could delve into spoilers a little bit, but generally really enjoyed, you know, most of the movie, but it's just because I really didn't like that last act that would probably prevent me from rewatching it just because like it pisses me off and where I just feel like it just makes me feel really unfulfilled as an audience member. But like Tom Blythe, fantastic. I really loved him. He actually made the character empathetic and I liked seeing that internal struggle and seeing him kind of vacillate between being good and evil. I thought he sold that really well. Zegler has a fantastic voice and presence in this movie. Our singing's fantastic. I thought she was really emotionally engaging. Uh, I thought it was a nice like uh, complete 180 from her, her performance in West Side Story, so it shows that she's got like range. Um, and I think Francis Lawrence, you know, directs the shit out of this thing. I love him as a director. I think that the Hunger Games sequences are fantastic in this movie. I like how primal they feel and how kind of like 
scaled back because it's one of the earlier Hunger Games where like they didn't have all this technology and it wasn't as vast and epic in scope. It just it felt more like visceral. And I really love that. Like some of the camera work in that arena felt really cool and like very up close and personal, which I loved. Um, and the performances just all around are great. Peter Dinklage is fantastic. I feel like we're not talking about him. I thought he was so good in the movie. Yeah. Um, oh, we forgot to talk he about needs to be the, stopped. Gift, the gift that kept on giving fucking Jason Schwartzman. That's lucky. Oh, my God. Him. Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. Amazing. Yeah. I'm telling Abs- you, my, my favorite li- one of my favorite line deliveries of the year is from Jason Schwartzman in this movie where like literally the entire time I'm thinking because like, you know, they fly in these drones to like give contestants <laughs> things and like they're just completely like going way too fast and they're frankly dangerous. And I'm like, I wonder if they're going to address this. And then he literally just goes, these drones are not very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I was oh, like, yeah. that is perfect. Yes, <laughs> like, so many like, good lines i love when he was like oh tuberculosis on legs yeah <laughs> so, tuberculosis on legs. Then, so he was so perfect in this movie. i wish i could remember the line he said but there's a certain line where he makes like a really cheesy joke and he cut but then he kind of looks around and then smiles to himself like yeah that was a good one yeah <laughs> it was just so he was so good as lucky yeah. flickerman loved him loved and him that's that's ultimately one of the problems i had with the movie as well because he brings in such energy to the game sequence that once it gets into that that third act where it's the time jump it, it almost just feels like i don't know something was just missing from that last act of the movie it almost feels like happened, man there's no time jump though is, is, isn't there like a small little time jump between uh, the games and when snow is sent up or does that happen within like the next day or the next week? Because no, it felt yeah. like a while. That, well, that's... At least in the, in the book, it happens like immediately. Like they send him off immediately and then he goes to like training and they shave his head. And then like it does take him a while to get to District 12, but like mm-hmm. him being sent off is supposed to happen like immediately. Yeah, that whole District 12 part was just, eh. I don't it, know. It, it, it just, it, that's where it lost me. Yeah, I mean, like for me, it kind of lost me in the sense that it felt like the movie had wrapped up and then it was like, oh, we have this fourth act. Like there are very few movies where it feels like it feels like, oh, we we've kept going after after we solved whatever whatever we were trying to do. And then I don't know, it, it just felt a little odd and like no. I, I, no, I, no, I, I agree. I, no, no, I, I agree with Nancy where it's not necessarily – it's not necessarily long enough for one movie, but it's not short. Sorry, not long enough for two movies, but not short enough for one. I don't know exactly what you would have done with this. I mean, I think, I think I'm in agreement that this could have been split into two movies, but you got, you would have to embellish something with that second movie because I kind of feel like we could have spent a little more time with snow being in exile as, as um, uh, not the captain, but in his service, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was so odd because because the set the second that that the second that uh, the games were over, um, I could see because oh, I went to the theater with uh, with Jen and her two siblings, and I could see them like start like getting ready to like start standing up, putting the chairs back, and then literally I looked at my clock. I'm like, guys, there's another hour to go, and, and, then, and then they all just looked at us like, what? another hour <laughs> yeah it's a long I movie like it doesn't it didn't feel long to me though like you said tom like the last part of it it does feel like kind of sped up i don't know i didn't feel the time um but i will say like when he and obviously i'm going to reference the book a lot con mm. he 
kept bugging me that I'm going to reference the book a lot. Um, <laughs> That's what happens when you read the book. You can't help yeah. it. It's inevitable. Yeah. yeah. But I also, but it also gives me a reference of like what they could have done instead, um, which I like, which is one of the main reasons like I like to read the book beforehand. Uh, so when he does go to district 12, he's there for much longer than what is in the movie. So like, uh, it's not like they they very much put it like all within one week. He's there for months. And so and he doesn't find um, Lucy Gray until a while after being there. So like Sejanus's so, uh, so mom starts like sending. That's the other thing. So Sejanus's so mom starts sending them like uh, packages with like cookies and stuff. And um, there's no like virtual phone. They have to write letters <laughs> to each other. Um, so there's a lot of this buildup of like writing letters and, you know, he starts getting closer to Sejanus. And so it's a little bit of a bigger payoff in the book when he turns on Sejanus. Um, it, to me, when I was reading the book, I was like, <gasps> and even though, you know, Snow is going to turn bad when I was reading the book, I was like, oh, what an asshole. <laughs> like, I can't believe you just did that to someone like that called you his brother. Um, so yeah, there's a little bit more payoff in the book. So if they were to split it into two movies, they definitely would could add in all the time that he was in there. But see, like my issue is not with the District 12 sequence. It's w it, in the very short sequence of him being like, you know, on the lamb with Lucy Gray in yeah. the cabin or whatever. That's where it completely lost me because okay. in, in the span of like five minutes, she just completely turns on him and disappears. And I was like, what the actual fuck? Yeah. Because so they that... needed to take more time with that bit. That's what I wanted more of. So have them like have her slowly kind of like turn against him where like it, is... it's being able to be sold more. That is literally how it happens in the book. But that's like, where you could deviate and make it better. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you, right. You that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you didn't and have to be I'm, slavishly faithful to that bit. Right. And that's what I'm saying is that they, they, you know, this director does stick to the books well. And I think he didn't want to deviate from that. But you probably could have. Because it, it, it would have been way more emotionally right powerful because that whole sequence of him in the woods, you know, shooting the gun and being all paranoid and everything was great if it actually if I haven't felt anything because it just felt yeah. like they were finally together and they were finally happy. And then she's like, Oh, you know, I could be one of your loose ends. Next thing you know, she's a fucking ghost. And I was like, what? Yeah. Because it just completely, like that, that whole transition from him being like in love with her and on the run to her disappearing and then him just becoming full on evil. Like it didn't work. It just didn't work for me. You know so that it's final kind of shot where you should feel like super heartbroken and angry. I was just yeah. like, Oh man, they fucking blew it. They blew it. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what it kind of reminds me of, though? It kind of reminds me of The Graduate when he goes and interrupts the wedding. And then you have that scene of them on the bus where they're just like, well, shit, what do we do now? <laughs> you know, yeah. you see it on their faces. That's kind of what it reminds me of. And in the book, that's what it felt like of just, you know, it's like, yeah, we can be together. And it turns so quickly. It, you do get whiplash from it of just like, oh, yeah, well, OK, like, they really very quickly like realize they're just stupid teenagers who don't know what the fuck they're doing. And yeah, so no, I agree. I think that's probably the one part they could have deviated from of just stretch that out longer so that, you know, yeah, like, I mean, look, you're already at like two hours longer. and 40, 45 minutes. Just maybe make it like 10, 15 minutes longer and actually sell True. that sequence a bit more. And you would have had me. This is True. this is this is probably a rare case in the franchise where I, I sincerely think had they not split Mockingjay into two movies, I think they would have probably have been like, you know what? 
let's split this last one into two movies and let's elongate certain things. But um, hearing Josh Horowitz's podcast with Francis Lawrence uh, talking about catching fire, um, Francis Lawrence does mention that, yeah, he still regrets it to this day that he had to split the movie. He did. That wasn't his call. That wasn't what he wanted to do. The, the, the studio wanted him to split into two simply for financial reasons to make more money on two movies as opposed to one. And, and then like Francis Lawrence basically said that going into this movie, there was talk of splitting this into two. And he's like, I'm not doing that shit again. I'm not, I'm not going to take the shit for for splitting into two um, when the fans complained about it. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I see exactly where, where he comes from, but this is one aspect where I would have, probably have sided with the studio on this one but you know what because of the fact that we did what we did with the last ones i i I can see why we didn't split it and i think i i i agree that the second half as written would have probably not been as good of a movie but that's where you adapt it that's where you make it a little better that's when you add certain things that wasn't there like you know what i mean like a, a great adaptation should be not necessarily changing things but sort of just being like oh it feels it's expanding, but yeah. also, but also, also just writing things that that feels like it could have been in the book, not something that feels like oh, this is just an elongation of something that doesn't feel like it was there. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. the best case was with Lord of the Rings, where when they adapt those movies, they just basically went, oh yeah, um, the Spider Pit sequence is in uh, Return of the King. It's like no, it's in Two Towers. They just made you feel like that belonged in that movie. So yeah. Yeah, well, I think the third, like, the reason that it doesn't work for the last two Mockingjay movies is because there's not a lot that happens in exactly. the third one. That's it's, it's boring. Whereas this, there's a lot that happens in the beginning. And, you know, there's such that, uh, there's such a uh, dramatic ending that you had probably enough to make both but again it, it's it's one of those things that they would have had to adapt and add in a little bit um that wasn't in the books yeah. well, well well the thing was that they decided to split mocking jay at essentially what is midway through act three and that mm-hmm. was a strange choice in itself whereas this i kind of felt like you could have split it right after the game and you could have made two movies based on act three of this movie but yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like we're going on with that one quite a bit. And yeah. I keep bringing that up. Well, and, and in the, in the, you know, when I read this, I was like, oh, I bet you not a lot of people who, who don't enjoy the books, maybe not will like this because it doesn't focus on the games themselves. Um, and it's yeah. like that in the book, like there's a huge chunk of just building up snow um just as a person before they even get to the games and the games is just as such a small part of it and then you get to like the other half of it mm-hmm. um so i feel like going into i was like oh i feel like maybe some people aren't gonna like that because the other movies are set are really focused on the games themselves um but yeah I, there are a lot of things that i love about this movie though um Oh my gosh, the fact that they fucking put in a little girl with Down syndrome in the games, I was like so stressing about that. That was like so heartbreaking to me. I was like, how? You assholes. Mm. (laughs) Great casting, but you assholes. It got me. Well, well, just just that entire group of like, oh, like like you see that um, if... uh, Okay, so I thought it was really interesting that they decided to have the... um, 
the what's called the uh not the game masters but um mentors the mentors yeah, yeah. the the, the source of showing everything from the mentors perspective as well too where it's like listen you got to train these kids you got to sell these kids for lack of a better word and just seeing how wrong that could go in certain aspects and how how certain people will deal with certain um certain one of the competitors in terms of like oh listen you have no chance of you have no chance of surviving there your best chance is teaming up with people and mm-hmm. then as soon as you get everyone out of the way then you turn on each other but I, I I thought that was really interesting, but God, that that the 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 redhead was was such a shit at points. I was like, oh come on, you are so terrible. Are you really going to kill that little girl? And it's like, yep, I'm going to do it with a pitchfork. That's fine. <laughs> uh, she yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, yeah, Down syndrome. Uh, oh no, 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 no. I'm I'm talking about the one that was waiting on that thing. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was gonna say something. I totally forgot. Oh yeah, Some and the girl nuts. that gets the bottle in her neck, I was like, "That's what you Ooh. freaking get, you asshole!" Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. But we've gone through this entire review, and we have not talked about simultaneously one of my favorite and my least favorite performances Viola in the Davis. movie. Viola Davis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it was like it worked and it didn't work at the same time. It was very yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah. Like, very weird. I don't think it was a great casting, to be honest. Uh, especially like again reading the book first i she did a pretty good job but i think they probably could have gotten someone better they, they needed someone that was able to balance out that tone a little more because the scene where where she's like oh you're like like uh, like all these kids are dying that's great it's like oh um that kind of feels like a joe schumacher villain more than anything else but the scene where she um she does the test to see if um uh, uh, Snow's um, Snow's partner actually did write the um, the proposal with her. That oh, was yeah, terrifying. Yeah. It's like, yep, if you stick your hand there, they they will not. Yeah. If, if you really did write on this piece of paper, those snakes, they're 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 not going to do anything. And I thought that well, was see, a great setup and plant for that as well for the ending. There's two things I wish they would have kept in the book. So in that, I mean, kept in the movie. So in that scene, she actually doesn't even tell her that until she's sticking her hand into the tank. And so like, as she's doing it, it bites her. She's like, oh yeah, by the way, they'll know based off of the scent. So she's already like bitten at that point, which I think is way more sinister than telling her beforehand. Um, And the other thing was that I wish they would have kept in is when he goes back to the Capitol, she says something like, oh, did you enjoy your summer vacation? And he's like, what? And she's like, basically tells him like, yeah, you didn't think we were sending you to be a peacekeeper for real, did you? I mean, she, just I think she kind of says that in the movie. Pretty, pretty it, it's, sure. It's yeah. like a very. No. Yeah, I'm pretty it's, sure it's she a, does. Yeah, no. I, I, I caught I caught no. that, too. But it was like very like off camera. It was like, yeah. It, it, it was very underplayed, for lack of yeah. a better word. It just says, like, welcome back or, like, something like that. But, like, in the book, she says, like, it literally, like, tells him, like, oh, did you enjoy your summer vacation? We weren't going to waste, you know, you being a peacekeeper. I think she says that part in the movie mm-hmm. of, like, yeah. we weren't going to waste you being a peacekeeper. Um, but, yeah, in the book, she very much tells him, like, yeah, that was our plan the whole time. Which is so funny, because then when you think about what happened, he's probably like, oh, shit, I probably didn't have to murder all these people then. Like, oops, never mind. Uh, yeah. So I think that part's funny. And, and with how many times he has to save his best friend, too, where he's just like, oh, oh so my God. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, but his best friend annoyed genius. the shit out of me. Yeah, it he's was, supposed to be annoying. Like, I know like, he's supposed to be, like, the moral compass of the movie, but, oh, my God, was he grating. The compass. Yeah. Compass. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I, <laughs> Sorry that my yeah, Long Island I, pronunciation I, I, is bothering you. Like compass, but but it, but it was also but it was also hilarious that um, the actor who plays uh, that role, what's his name? Sir Janus. Sir Janus. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm stuck on the anus. <laughs> oh my god! Oh god! And Andres cool. has now turned six. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, because it's Coralanus, and then it's. I'm like, what, what? What's the other? Like, you guys just told me it. All I can think is the, the only thing it ends is anus. All right, sorry guys, that's the clip for this week. There you go. Uh, You're I think welcome. it might be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you I'm did not it gonna to lie. yourself. You're very fixated yeah. on anus, and that deeply disturbs me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my review for Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Stuck on anus. <laughs> oh, oh God. <laughs> I feel like but, they'll um, have no problem creating a porno title for this movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, God. I, right. I mean, would you really need to change it? Wow, you guys are really thinking about this. Yeah. I mean, no. <laughs> I don't remember what the title I'm, I'm of the movie you guys. was for a second. Oh, yeah. So maybe you guys are like again. really thinking. You're like, Do you, would you need to change it? <laughs> Probably yeah. not. <laughs> oh my but, god! But what, what, you remember what you were going to say, Andre? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The act, the okay. actor who plays yeah. the actor who plays his best friend. Um, I I found it really interesting that this was sort of um uh, you know, sort of like a slight reunion of West Side Story a little bit, and then I found out that um him and Rachel Ziegler are actually dating in real life too, and I'm just kind of like, yeah. oh, oh, okay, uh, I don't know. It it it, it seems it seems so bizarre that he got more screen time than Lucy Gray did, but at the same time, maybe that's the way it was in the book. Was it that way in the book? Yeah, because uh, she okay. again she like disappears after um, uh, the Hunger Games. Yeah. Is there is there an explanation for what happened, or does she still just disappear at the very end? No, yeah, she just she gone. <laughs> Basically, they said uh, that. <clears throat> they don't know where she went. <laughs> uh, see, see, I don't know. I don't sorry, know why, did but... I freeze? What now? No, no, no. You're fine. Okay, okay, sorry. Okay. No, no, no. Um, I, I, honestly, just just the one image that's in my head right now is at the very end of the movie when he's just like shooting out in the middle of the forest. All I just picture is that wherever wherever she last stood in, where the footsteps disappear, I just imagine she climbed a really tall tree and she's just like hanging up there, just like waiting for him to leave. <laughs> Like, sorry, no, like, no. Like, imagine, like, imagine like, he's just like shooting all around. <laughs> imagine he's just shooting all around, and then all of a sudden you just hear like a thud on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> She's like hiding in a tree, and she got fucking shot. Oh my god! <laughs> it's a whole different ending, folks. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, in the book, she just like disappears at that point, and you never god, so, hear from her so again. So whatever, man. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Not yeah. a Yeah. Uh, but anyway, what would you guys out of five pints give this one? I'm curious. Give it three and two shots. Three and two shots. All three right. and two uh, shots. What does that mean? Oh, three point two. <laughs> three point seven five. Whoa! What? No! No, you, no! 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 You guys gave me a hard time for even no, 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 saying no, no, a no. different uh, version. No, that's why I said two shots. How is that a three point seven five? 
Okay. No, three no we're not adding decibels to this. We're, right, we're, we're not doing, we're not doing half, this. All right. Half stars yeah. is where we're going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Three and three quarters is what 0.75 is. It is fine. I'm not getting into this. <laughs> you guys don't know how to do math. Don't 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 give me crap for for for, we for my other ratings later on, guys. That's oh all I'm going to say. <laughs> Look, fine. Three point seven five out of five. <laughs> I said three pints and two shots. That was what I said. So three point seven five. So so how much? How many shots are equivalent in a star? I don't know. We'll say okay. Three shots. And three pints. There you go. I'm getting drunk. Oh my god. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I, I, I have to give you a hard well, time after well, no. all the times you've given me a hard time about like, oh wait a minute, that rating doesn't make any sense. Because it's you like, said like a seventy percent is like a B. <laughs> I can leave. Oh goodness. <laughs> how about how about this? If if it's not gonna be another star, let's have two shots be a three point seven five or point seven five. And then anything beyond that is another star. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Can we agree? Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, All I right, would have said four. All right. Eight. Mom, dad, stop fighting. <laughs> 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 All right. So we have her rating after all of that. Andres? <laughs> what, do, what do you give it, Andres? Jesus, man. <laughs> I'll give it three pints. <laughs> it's just simple. They're simple. Three, three pints. Three I'll, pints. Give, I'll give this one three and a half pints. It really had me until it didn't. So that, that that's all I got to say. That's all I got to say about that. Um, but let us know in the comments if you've seen the new Hunger Games movie, what you thought of it. Let us know what you thought of the trailers for Madame Web and Imaginary and what you think of the casting news for Scream and Superman. Let us know in the comments section below what you thought of these things. We always want to hear your thoughts and read those comments. And before we head on out, where can the fun people find you on the interwebs, guys? We'll start with Nancy. Uh, you can find me at PL underscore Band-Aid on Twitter and Instagram. Sorry, I'm stretching because I've been sitting on my bed and <laughs> my back really hurts. Nice. Um, and also leave us comments. One thing I was thinking of, which I probably should have asked you guys before we were on air, uh, but we did get a comment about reviewing the holdovers. So my thoughts were, if you have any recommendations of things you would like us to review, put in the comments. Maybe we'll try to get to it. Maybe next time even we can do the holdovers. It really is a fantastic movie. We're also getting into Oscar time where a lot of these movies are starting to get some Oscar buzz. So we can review those maybe. Um, but yeah, leave in the comments if there's anything um, they would like us to review. That's not like the bigger movies because obviously we tend to review the big movies coming up. So let us know. Mm -hmm. All right. And Andres. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Galagos. You can also find me on Twitch.tv as Galagos209. You can also find me on the YouTube channel, High Voltage Media, where we do movie reviews, video game reviews, and all sorts of really awesome discussions on there. So there you go. And then I just recently started um, editing um, our buddy Jindoyan's uh, show, Cinemojis. So you can go check that out over on the uh i'm blanking on i'm blanking uh, on this isn't it like benny and moose ben, it's benny and moose's channel last last uh last last american heroes last american heroes there, there it is we go. got there we got we there, got there, there. Go. <laughs> and yeah, if no. you can't figure it out just go to jindoyan's twitter it's on there as well 
There you go. <laughs> there it is. Uh, and then if you guys want to find me, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Tom Chattelbash. You can find me on Facebook and YouTube at Chattelbash Reviews. Um, and thank you for tuning in to a brand new episode of the show. We appreciate it. And hope you enjoyed this brand new episode of Film on Tap, where we've got the tap that never runs out. See you in the next one, guys. Bye. 